1: What a heartbreak it was to end the NFC Championship. How it went 49ers lose not one, but another quarterback. You guys will find out all about that after this. Let's go get him! Let's go
0: get him there, man! Let's go! Hey, on three, one, two, three, Dominic.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Gene Sports. I'm with my boy, Rohan. How's it going, Rohan?
2: Hey, we doing good, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. I can't complain, you know. Work, podcast, work, podcast, football. Can't complain, man. Hey,
2: you can't complain because it's football and we love football. And, I mean, football never stops. We got – it's the offseason. It's unfortunate, but we got to keep going. So – that's how it is. But, uh, yeah, man, it's been a, a whirlwind, let's say, of a weekend with the way that this game went. It literally seemed like we lost three lives just watching it. um, And now we're back at it.
1: I, it felt weird, man, because, like, first drive of the game on offense, like, play six, play five, whatever, Brock Pretty goes down, right? Or it might even play six. It goes down to injury.
2: Yeah, six play. So
1: I have to ask. Do the 49ers win with Brock Purdy if he plays, or is it a closer game?
2: It's tough, right? I mean, really, what I preached last week was how close all of these games were. Really, it it really matters on what really happens in this game. That's the biggest "what if what happens. To me, I think it is tough, because I highlighted what Philly and San Francisco needed to do to win. Defensively, against Philly's offense, I thought would be the biggest matchup. And I thought San Francisco did good for 50% of the... Uh, The game plan the game plan, in the passing game it was exactly what I wanted. Let those roster quarterbacks play. Don't play the off coverage. Jalen Hurts used that in two ways. It did not over-contain the quarterback inside the pocket, forced him to beat him with his arm. Two, they let the, quarterback, the quarterbacks play. They played good coverage and sustained coverage for multiple seconds because those cornerbacks were up in the receivers faces and it was a really really good job by them great play there i liked it in the running game though however those those issues i thought were highlighted i said the 49ers were probably going to have a a problem with the way that philadelphia schemes their offense in the run game just because of how powerful the offensive line is how good the running back is and how Important, the RPO system and Jalen Hurts is to that rushing attack. All three factors were important because we saw what Philadelphia did. I don't care about three point six yards per carry. People talk about it when you run the amount of times that Philadelphia ran. There's your running times thirty five times, even turning and churning. And so, to me, I thought that Philadelphia had success there, which was why it would have been a close game. However, it's a big what if. I, I really don't know the answer to it because you don't know how the 49ers would have played offensively seemed like they could have gotten some steam there. Christian McCaffrey obviously had the touchdown and the 49ers had two drives inside the Philly 50 to begin the game. You'd think that they have a little more success in that aspect with the healthier Purdy. that could have changed the momentum of the game. A lot of different things could have. And so, yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough, but one of the bigger, what ifs that we'll face heading into the off season.
1: It's one of those situations, man, like, I don't, I don't know if I mean, you and I both uh, had the Eagles by three. Um, but I don't know if the 49ers win this game with Brock Pretty in the sense of, yes, you have a quarterback, but that Philadelphia team was is so good. Like, the defensively, they are mm-hmm. really stacked on the defensive line. They could play man. Offensively, they did not play well. Defense. Our 49ers defense played very, very well. Um, yards per play, Philadelphia was held at 3.4 yards per play, 3.5 yards per play. Um, yes, they gave up uh, 31 points. But to be honest, I don't think those 31 points were legit 31 points. Now, if you look at the game, the 49ers gave up 276 total yards, I believe, to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not a lot mm-hmm. that's not a lot of yards for a team that's scoring 31 points. If you look at how the 49ers played, they were on the field, I believe it was 37 minutes to 22 minutes on on defense. That is ridiculous. When you're on defense, 37 minutes of the game. You're tired, you're frustrated, your offense isn't doing nothing. Um, at least offensively, if they do have Brock Purdy, the pass game's a little more apparent. Um, you can at least try to do a little bit of a little bit of uh, trickery if you have Brock Purdy able to throw. Um, the biggest question, and it's the reason why I titled it the way I titled the, this episode. Kyle Shanahan fired, right? Because a lot of people were on the timeline talking about Kyle Shanahan like he should be fired. I seen people mm-hmm. saying, "Fire Kyle Shanahan! Fire Kyle Shanahan! He can't win the big game. He got Brock Purdy hurt. He blocked Hassan Redick with uh, uh, Tyler Croft. How dare he? He needs to be fired. Own up to your mistakes or or in the even someone in the chat. Um, I believe it was uh, Fable JVC. Shout out to JVC for being in the uh, chat. He said, "Fire Kyle. Nah, trade him. Um, I don't know." If I would trade Kyle, fire fire Kyle, I think that's uh, outrageous. What do you think on this, Rohan?
2: I don't cuss. Don't. This is pure bullshit. It's pure bullshit. I I don't know. I I I don't know what you know what? Is I'm going just, on. You know,
1: I've thought about that right now, Rohan. I've never heard you cuss.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, you definitely haven't. I don't cuss. What's definitely not on no show. We
1: went to dinner in. Uh, I'm pretty sure I never heard Rohan cuss. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. But, no, it it, it sucks. I mean, I, I don't know the discourse. Kyle Shanahan had his best coaching year in 2022. He's the coach of the year. You're telling me after the amount of praise that you had for Kyle Shanahan for nine weeks, you're going back to the discourse you had in week two when you said, fire Kyle, fire Kyle. I feel like there are a lot of people – who have been waiting for this moment from Kyle Shanahan, waiting for just one moment where they can finally go back to the discourse they want to talk about, where they could talk about firing Kyle Shanahan because they don't like him. A lot of people don't like Kyle Shanahan. In fact, I was with, I went on a show with Raj and his co-host. His co-host isn't a big Kyle Shanahan fan. And so I normally stay, it's not that I wasn't level-headed because I provided uh, my response, but I mean, we had a good friendly discourse, uh, a, a good friendly argument about Kyle Shanahan because he, he doesn't think Kyle Shanahan's the answer uh, as a head coach. He thinks he's a good offensive coordinator. No, man. That the, Look, Kyle Shanahan, when you talk about head coaches, what do you need? You need leadership. Players in the locker room, they love to play for Kyle Shanahan. That's something clear. Players outside of the locker room, they want to come to San Francisco. Offensive players want to play with Kyle Shanahan. Defensive players like what Kyle Shanahan has done, not only with himself, but with his coaching staff, and want to come to San Francisco to play for Kyle Shanahan. Everybody who comes to San Francisco has said, This is the best place I've been. They love it here in San Francisco. There's a reason why. Kyle Shanahan has instilled a culture, and I love that comment too. But overall, has he is he is he has he made mistakes? Is he pro to criticism? Of course, you got to criticize him when you criticize him. But to say that Kyle Shanahan should be fired, tell me who you would replace him with. Really, honestly, there aren't many better coaches in the NFL than Kyle Shanahan, and there's a reason that if he even got fired, every single team that has a head coaching possibility or even some that don't, they are going straight after Kyle Shanahan because of how valuable he is, not only with his offensive acumen, but also as a as a head coach and a leader.
1: I absolutely agree with you. So this question by uh, Fable JVC, the reason why I'm reading like it, this because he question. said uh, earlier he said that, no, don't don't fire him, trade him. So do you guys like winning Super Bowls? Do you think Kyle is going to win a Super Bowl here? So I'm going to straight up and say, yeah, I want to win a Super Bowl. Um, do I think the 49ers are going to win a Super Bowl with Kyle here? Absolutely. Um, Kyle Shanahan, and this is, I'm going to put it this way. Kyle Shanahan just took a young rookie, dude that should have probably been an undrafted free agent, but Kyle took him at that last pick because he didn't want to have to go fight for him as an undrafted free agent to a damn NFC Championship and his rookie year. Are we kid? Are we serious right now? Well, like, are we serious right now, people? And it's not just, it's not just. Uh, and I, I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the dialogue, Fable, but. It's not just you. It's a lot of people on, on Twitter that are saying, fire Kyle, get rid of Kyle. Who are we going to replace Kyle with? Kyle was one of the more innovative offensive minds in the NFL. A lot mm-hmm. of teams are actually trying to run the Kyle Shanahan system, which isn't Kyle Shanahan's system. It's, it goes farther back. It goes back to the, Will, the Bill Walsh, the Mike Shanahan era, um, where Mike Shanahan kind of took that Bill Walsh offense and kind of made it his own, um, put right. some some little twists on it. And same thing with Kyle's done. He's put a lot of twists on it to make it his own uh, system. So I think it would be ridiculous to fire Kyle Shanahan. A lot of people um, are saying fire him. Uh, I disagree. I think he is a coach that many people play for. Many people have came to the 49ers to play for, uh, for example, and he's been very public about it. Richard Sherman, he came out and said, I came to the 49ers because they had Kyle Shanahan, they had a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, at the time that that was the wrong answer by by Richard Sherman he thought Jimmy was the answer. Um but he said he felt like he could come and win a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan at the head coaching position. I think I'm I'm staying with Kyle Shanahan. I don't get the the fire him. People are blaming him for the um play. Is that Kyle Shanahan's fault for that play, Rohan?
2: You're talking about the Tyler Croft one?
1: The Tyler Croft end up getting him. Um, it ends up uh didn't it get am I? I don't think it got um Brock Pretty injured. People say that play got him injured, yeah. but I'm gonna answer that right after you and I'm gonna explain why that play did not get him injured.
2: Okay, um, me personally, I'll talk about this is Kyle Shanahan to blame for that? It depends if you're talking about that specific play without any context. If you're talking about that specific play, it seems logical that you don't play your second tight end on the one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So yeah, of course, blame Kyle, but then add context to it. Why was that the formation? The 49ers are trying to show that they are trying to run the football. They're trying to show, because when you are under center, you have the power of faking the run, running the football, or passing the football, right? You have a so you have a variety of options, and that is what confuses defenses. That's why Kyle Shanahan is able to do what he does. And so there on the play action itself, that's what the purpose was of having that specific matchup. Second, Brock Purdy, I believe his time to throw was over three seconds. It was 3.4, 3.3, somewhere 3. around 4, there. 7, that, I is,
1: earlier.
2: that is a that's a ton of time to throw that football. There were a couple of things that I said, and I know me and Marco tweeted right during that moment, and I told you my number one thing. Brock Purdy has to step up there. I thought that there was ample space in the pocket with the way that Mike McGlinchey drove his, um, his own defender to the right side. It's not that McGlinchey wasn't necessarily getting beat, but he did a good job of driving to the right side so that Purdy had an angle to step up. I personally thought Purdy could have stepped up at, right at the uh, at the top of his drop, step up, and then throw that ball with anticipation. Purdy threw it about a half second late. That was the issue. He threw it about a half second late to Ayuk, waiting for Ayuk to clear James Bradbury. When Ayuk really had him beat with a center step that he had at the top of his route. I thought that if Purdy throws that a half second later, you get the sack, but you don't get the way that uh, the sack was made. It's a really unfortunate play. So many things had to go wrong. Croft had to be beaten immediately. Purdy had to wait a second, a half second late to throw it. Purdy also had to make sure he didn't step up in the pocket. And then it had to happen where Croft, Redick hit it at the exact moment that Purdy was in his arm uh, arm motion. So much went wrong on that one play, and it's so unfortunate because it's another injury that adds to the amount of injuries the 49ers have had. But I'm telling you, it, just to try and pinpoint the blame on somebody for whatever reason, you've got to understand why that play happened, the, play that, uh, the, the, the way the play happened. You've got to understand that point, but you've also got to understand the context of the play instead of just saying, hey, Quarterback got injured, Kyle Shanahan, you're to blame. I think that that's all of that is important to know.
1: I think you said it perfectly because when you look at it, so the way I see it is why is anyone not saying anything when Kyle Shanahan runs this play on a regular? This is a staple of Kyle Shanahan's offense. He did it in 2020 against Aaron Donald. He did it in 2021 against Aaron Donald. He did it in 2021 against uh Michael Parsons. He did it in 2021 Wait, this year. Isn't uh, Daniel or,
2: Brunskill Aaron Donald's dad? Doesn't exactly. doesn't don't the 49ers have good success against Aaron Donald?
1: Um I'm, I'm pretty sure he's ran the same Whoa. exact play. same exact play plenty of times, but no one in the end of, no one in the 49ers fan base that are blaming Kyle are saying, "Kyle, why would you run that play that uh hit Brandon Ayuk for 50 yards or Hey, why'd you run a crossing route with uh, Kittle that scored? Bro, he's ran this plate over and over and over again. But all of a sudden, it's his fault. If Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. if so, Brandon Ayuk, the ball should have been out. The moment Brandon Ayuk broke from his route. Brandon Ayuk broke from his route, is looking, takes about two steps, ball still isn't out. Even if the ball gets there, it's late. Right? Should have stepped up in the pocket and delivered a strike. As soon as he hit his back foot, ball should be out, in my opinion thrown with anticipation, the things that, that people were praising Brock Purdy for are no longer being praised because people saw this and saw him hold onto the ball for 3.47 seconds that mm-hmm. got him injured. You do realize that the dude... So, as an offensive tackle, you're taught send the defensive end outside, wide. Send him wide because the quarterback can step up into the pocket and he could deliver strikes. Exactly. Now, what exactly. happened was, if Brock Purdy is standing... 10 yards deep. What that does for a defensive end is perfect. I get to just run a straight line wide and the quarterback's not going to move. That is the perfect rep for a defensive end because he doesn't have to go off of his target. His target isn't moving. Brock Purdy even does. And I'm not blaming Brock Purdy for the injury. It's, I agree. It sucks he I am about to say that. Because it sucks that he got injured. I'm not saying that, oh, he got injured because he didn't do this. and This XYZ, right? He double, double jumps on his feet never steps up so you can't blame Kyle Shanahan you can't blame Brock Purdy it is a play that happens in the NFL if he steps up he delivers the ball on a strike he probably completes the pass for a big play if he throws it in anticipation I don't believe it's Kyle Shanahan's fault I don't believe it's Tyler Croft's fault people are blaming him Tyler Croft I do not believe it's Brock Purdy's fault it is a play that Kyle runs every single year he runs it on a weekly basis it wasn't executed that is not Kyle Shanahan's fault. That is not Brock Purdy's fault. That is not Tyler Cross's fault. I don't know what to tell people. I mean, it is. Right. It is what it is on that play, right? You agree? I agree. On uh, that, it's not Kyle Shanahan's fault. I agree. Now, yeah. Brock Purdy's out six months, Rohan. Damn. And that really had
2: to go there. Damn, that's being, that sucks, man. That really that's sucks.
1: Being, uh, uh, the best case scenario, yeah. right? Because we don't know. You don't know the severity of whether you you need a Tommy John surgery. Once you go in there, right, the plan is um, for him to get a, a repair of the ligament, which means he would only need six six months of recovery um, before he's fully healthy. And at this case, is, they're not completely taking that UCL joint out, which is right here. Um, they're not taking that completely out. What they're doing is repairing it, which would be six months. Um, Nick Mullins had a similar injury. Um, he had a piece of metal in there um, to help repair it. What do we think on this injury? Because we don't know the severity of it yet. We know it's fully torn, but we don't know if it's six months. We don't know if it's going to be eight months, the full year with Tommy John. Does this mean something to you? What does this actually mean for the 49ers fan base, 49ers uh, uh, organization in general?
2: Yeah. And let me preface this by saying I'm not really a doctor. I, I I'm not going to pretend like I'm a doctor. I'm not going to say none of that. Let me, let me just say that, but I read earlier today that when you talk about the six, six months is the earliest timetable possible. Yep. It's what Brock Purdy seems to be hoping for, that six-month uh, process, and now he's wondering whether to have surgery or not. It, it seems like that's the main decision. However, something I read, I believe via The Athletic, or uh, there was a quote that I saw on Twitter um, from someone, one of the doctors said that the issue is after the six months, There may be lingering soreness, which is the biggest thing, because when you have that soreness in your arm, on top of not necessarily having the strongest arm strength already, I feel like that it's just so unfortunate for Brock Purdy because we don't know right now how his arm's going to be. And my immediate thought was, okay, six-month timeline is the earliest, even if, let's just say we go with the six-month timeline. Trey Lance is right now quarterback one. He appears to be quarterback one, is what I've been saying, and we'll get into Trey Lance. But for Brock Purdy itself, the earliest that means if he can return is training camp. Training camp would be the earliest he could return. Now, I don't know though it, if that six month timeline is going to be true. Right? He could there probably be, be on a pitch
1: count before. too, though.
2: Exactly, and we don't know how the arm is going to uh, be. How the arm is going to be with the lingering soreness that could come with the uh, with the issue. And we also don't know how long that, that six-month timeline does it extend longer. How does it go? Because it's the earliest point and it's so so uh it, it's so so like recent that we don't know exactly what's gonna happen in the future. So the unfortunate situation right now is Brock Purdy, while he hopes to likely play week one, might not have as many practice reps going into this offseason as you'd want from a quarterback looking to develop. And the second part that I'm gonna talk about is what are the ramifications of that? Like I said, Trey Lance right now is appearing into the offseason as quarterback one. Why? He's the only healthy quarterback on the roster. There is no other choice. Lance confirmed today that he is three or four weeks uh, away from being fully cleared, which means he attends to be 100% going into OTAs, which is great because it doesn't seem like he would be on a pitch count in uh, in training camp, which is a good sign for him. Right now, my anticipation for the 49ers going into it, and we'll talk about the quarterback situation right now uh, or for a little bit, is that Trey Lance enters as quarterback one and then continues on in training camp, and then him and Brock Purdy will obviously uh, split reps. But the biggest thing about it, actually before I talk about the biggest thing, I want to get your thoughts on it.
1: I think it's hilarious because I, I we got Fable, JVC, and uh, Steve-O going at it in the chat. Shout out to both Yeah, of I love you. the con. Uh, yeah, love, I love it. The back and forth conversation, um, their the, the conversation that they're having is about like the the situation and like Kyle Shanahan winning and and whatnot and and stuff like that. Um, but for for me, I think the injury sucks because I 100% believed 90% would say it was going to be a quarterback competition 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the 49 were going to win the Super Bowl with um, Brock Purdy, and it sucks to say that as a 49ers fan. Because you sound like, oh, you don't believe in your team. But I just really believe that once you get to the the bigger stage, um, the little things for quarterbacks matter, right? Like the little, mm-hmm. just a little thing that, as a rookie quarterback, I think you lack the little bit things, the, the little things that the Jalen Hurts might be able to do, the Patrick Mahomes or the Joe Burrow might be able to do at that level, right? That doesn't mean right. he's not a good quarterback. But for me, I I I thought it was going to be a full blown quarterback competition between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. The reason why, let me explain because I'm going to have someone say you are Go ridiculous. So you don't know what you're talking about because Brock Purdy played much better football. There's this thing called roster politics. Whether you want to believe it or you don't. What happens is the 49 traded up to get Trey Lance. They traded three picks. They're not going to give up on him. They won't they won't give up on him. I I pretty damn sure Trading that much future, uh, that of your future away, you're paying the guy a lot of money. They to get forget go. about that. You're have-
2: if you talk about salary cap as well, you are going to lose money if you trade trade lands. He has a dead cap hit of about eleven million, I believe, and his cap hit for the year is nine million. So you're spending two million more to t- get a guy off your roster. That's how that 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 is. Is that logical, guys? Is that logical? And
1: I mean, I, I believe if you trade him post june 1st i believe it's less but even then what team wants to get a quarterback after june right you want to get him right away so we could get into otas he could do all that that little things with your offense get to be familiarized but i the whole time i thought it was going to be a quarterback competition i never thought it was brock purdy's job to lose i never thought that was the case i thought brock purdy could potentially put himself in a better situation where he give himself a better argument but the six-month injury what to me what it does is not only does it open the um the window for Brock Purdy or to have to recover and opens up a a bigger window for Trey Lance because now we did hear, we'll talk about it a little bit, Trey Lance is back for OTA. He's going to be fully back, ready to go, right? So for me, it's one of those ones where we're looking at things and we're wondering what goes on with the 49ers in the sense of their quarterback situation. I know you might have, uh, people in the chat, um, I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate every single one of you guys cannot talk today for being in the chat, but I didn't think he was the answer. And I would tell Rohan this almost once a week or people that would message me. I did not think he was the answer.
2: You're talking um, about Brock? Sorry.
1: Yeah, Brock.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, continue.
1: And the reason is is the little things. Doesn't step into the pocket when he has a, a big enough pocket to step into. Instead, he would rather bell to the left, for some odd reason, always to the left. Um, Arm strength. Um, I was afraid of his size in terms of uh, he got hit and then ended up having bru- uh, bruised cartilage and how was banged up. Um, just little things. And then this arm injury now, and when you have the lack of arm strength, getting a, a, shir- a shoulder surgery, elbow surgery, anything on your arm, you're going to lose a little bit of that arm strength. You might get a little stronger, but that's rare. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I think the six-month injury um, really – Deflates the 49ers in the sense of allowing a quarterback competition, a true blown out quarterback starting in OTAs where they're everyone is splitting reps. So for me, it's one of those ones where I really want to see the 49ers get him back and allow it to be a competition. And again, I'm gonna say thank you, everyone, for being in the chat. Make sure you guys subscribe to both channels, Clutch Gene Sports. Um, I see a lot of you guys from the Clutch Gene channel. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Rohan's personal channel as well. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, for being in the chat. Rohan, talk to me, my man. Trey Lance Like I said, back.
2: yeah, this well, is the what, bigger part. Go for it.
1: What's the What's the scenario on what you think is going to happen? Trey Lance is, is back. He said today, I'll be back 100% uh, for OTAs. Do you think the 49ers roll with Trey Lance, or do they go and trade for a quarterback?
2: I think that when you talk about the situation, you've got to really factor in everything. There's been a lot of Tom Brady talk, a lot of maybe even Aaron Rodgers talk, veteran quarterback. So when you talk about veterans, obviously, if you're bringing in that veteran like that, you want them to obviously take over and start. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan would be opposed to that. So, that we've to get a super hand personally, maybe more comfortable with a guy that he do it and do it in his system. However, Kyle Shanahan also has trust in both of the quarterbacks that are currently on his roster, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. We've seen it with the way that he traded up for them. We've seen it with the way that he cemented Trey Lance as the starter, and also the way that he play called for Brock Purdy this year after Brock Purdy became the starter. Additionally the most important factor salary cap it's going to be at 224.8 million that means the 49ers currently have about 16 million dollars in salary cap for 2023 they have 16 free agents to or 18 free agents to sign having 25 free agents on on the or, uh 25 free agents really uh, that they have to account for $16 million in cap. You've got guys, key players like Aziz Shire, Jimmy Ward, Charles O'Manahue, Emmanuel Mosley, Samson Ebukom. Uh, and I can go on and on. A good amount of defensive linemen are free agents. Some key players, Mike McGlinchey even is a free agent. you gotta, you got to amount for all of those. And so going for one of those veterans essentially eliminates a majority of the free agents that you can retain. Additionally, with the amount of money, Tom Brady, Ian Rappaport said it yesterday. Brady is not going to come to the 49ers on a cheap salary. He wants the regular money that he's going to get. That means $30 million being uh, anointed to Tom Brady. The 49ers don't have $30 million. The solution to that could be creating money in the future by restructuring contracts, but there are only a couple of contracts the 49ers could restructure, such as Trent Williams and uh, a, a couple of their bigger contracts, but it's unfavorable for the 49ers in a situation that they haven't really been willing to do because of how unfavorable it is when you go to the future, pushing money into the future, and teams have seen the ramifications of that. Additionally, When you combine it all together, the 49ers built this quarterback situation on rookie contracts. Why? Because in the last six Super Bowls, there has been at least one quarterback on a rookie contract that has been the starter going into that Super Bowl in the last five. There's a reason why those teams see the success, because you're able to compile a roster of talent around such a cheap quarterback room. To me, that's why I think Trey Lance goes into the year as starter, uh, at least goes into the offseason, excuse me, as the starter. However, Brock Purdy's injury adds a tangle to it because you initially had Trey Lance and Brock Purdy going to be the two guys that were going to be entangled in that competition. Brock Purdy, though, will not be in the off; seat. He will not be a part of the uh, OTAs. He is only going to, at the earliest, be a part of training camp. You need another quarterback in there now. And so that means the 49ers are going to have to go out and sign a veteran quarterback, but a backup-level quarterback. And there are a good amount in this class, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, uh, amongst the uh, amongst the future, Kobe Brissett, if he doesn't get starting-level money. There are a lot of solid, capable uh, uh, backup-level quarterbacks in these in this upcoming free agency market. The solution for me, I wrote about it today, accounting for everything, Lance goes in as quarterback number one of the offseason season. You sign a backup, and then when Purdy is ready, be it at the or, uh, beginning of training camp or be it at the beginning of the season, you roll in with those three quarterbacks. And given that Purdy is only $900,000 and Lance is only $9 million, you should ha- still have one of the cheaper quarterback rooms in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and I think a, a couple of quarterbacks I'll throw out there in the names uh, that I, I really like, you could try to bring, bring in a guy like Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, I mean, it might cost a little bit more to bring those guys in, but the way the Fortniteers quarterback situation has gone, you might have to do it. Like, realistically, you might have to do it because these quarterbacks haven't shown they can stay healthy. That's true. I know a lot of people say that about uh, 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 Trey Lance. Same could be said about Brock Purdy. He's had two injuries already in his seven starts. Same could be said, right? So, But that's an issue. Now, what I would like to see Kyle Shanahan do is, you you have Trey Lance back. Use OTAs and make them useful. I don't want to see any clips of him handing the ball off. Everything, yes, I know you have to. You do your installs, you do your stuff in OTAs for for the run game and everything. I would love to see everything be pass plays. Everything from Trey Lance is pass, 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 pass. And it's going to be annoying. Everything should be passed. He needs every rep he could get. It's true. It's true. The the more he passes, the better for for the 49ers organization in general. Whether Trey Lance is a guy or whether Trey Lance is not the guy. In order for the 49ers organization to know, you got to just let him be a quarterback. Stop using him as this guy who could run. Yes, he could run the ball, but hes it's not that, right? So what I would do is you have to just let him sling it, let him get used to it, give him the regular offense. Um, they they don't really run like the offense or defense and OTAs like they usually do. It's kind of more of a, just like a two-hand touch in a way. Um, so for me, that's what I would do is let Trey Lance go in OTAs. Obviously, he's QB1 going into OTAs, but... You have to let him throw. Now, do you think the front office still believes in Trey Lance?
2: There we go. Do I think the front office still believes in Trey Lance? I I, I do. I mean, I haven't seen a sign as to why they don't believe in Trey Lance at the moment. Look at every, I mean, look at what we've seen so far. If they didn't believe in Trey Lance. Why would they anoint him the starter last year? Why would they let him go through the, uh, after all the talk, all the arm fatigue and everything, which I mean, well, if we're being honest, after some of it probably was true, um, after all that talk, they went into tra- uh, training camp, Trey Lance, quarterback one, start of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo is back on the roster, Trey Lance, quarterback one. There hasn't been a waiver in trust in, in Trey Lance this entire time. Obviously, there's been less talk about Trey Lance and more about Brock Purdy since Trey Lance has suffered an injury, but you would expect that because Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback of the team. Trey Lance is in the background. You know he's not coming back and they've shut it down a lot. I think the shutdown of Trey Lance kind of, I'm not going to say that furthers it because I'm not going to make any speculation, but the shutdown of Trey Lance is to indicate that they want him fully healthy for 2023. That, that that was the goal. I mean, obviously, to also sidestep any of the talk in 2022. But they want him healthy in 2023. And Lance, well, regardless of whether the front office believes or not, he's going to get a shot. I, I talked about the cap. Regardless of whether they believe or not, Kyle Shanahan believes in him because of the way that he drafted him and because of the way he ran his offense and had to significantly alter it. You best believe Kyle Shanahan wants that 50% of the offense he had to throw, throw out. To come back because that's going to unleash the best of Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance, he, he's the prototypical quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has talked about before. He's that type of person. And the issue with him is just reps. He doesn't have enough reps. And the one way to get it is the best way for the 49ers right now, because he's the only quarterback on the roster. He's going to get those reps in OTAs. He's going to. And Right now, I mean, we've talked about it. The trade seems unfeasible, both for salary purposes and for a lack of value, a lack of perceived value for Trey Lance. And right now, yeah, he's QB1 going into the offseason. If Brady comes, the 49ers are going to have to do a ton of maneuvering cap-wise, which is why it's unlikely. And so, yeah, I think the the belief is still there, and which is why I'm really excited, because we saw glimpses of potential from Trey Lance last year.
1: And that's the one thing I, I really want to see is, because you have guys like Brandon Ayuk, and you and I were talking about this before the the episode when we we're in the, in the studio in the backstage. We got Brandon Ayuk liking pictures, right, of wanting to be in in New York. Speculations, right? Obviously, I don't know what's going on, but we every you did see. I know people saw it. It's yeah. on Twitter, all over social media. Your biggest. Content creator has probably posted about it and talked about it. Your favorite person has talked about it. He liked the picture of him in a New York Giants uniform. And I know people are going to get mad about it because people are going to be like, oh, just let him walk, let him trade him, get a first round pick for him. I think I'm going to speculate a little bit. If he didn't wait like up picture... before
2: you speculate, before you speculate, Brandon, I 54 minutes ago on his Instagram story said they was in front of the TV praying on our downfall. All love though, the ones they love to hate, Niners! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark.
1: Continue. So, exactly right. I wasn't, what I was going to say is, I was going to speculate on saying if he did, if big if, he did like that tweet more so than anything. It's just him saying, I want the ball more than anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything. I don't think the Fournettes would trade him. I don't think he would be that guy that's like, ah, trade me. I think with Trey Lance, he becomes the uh, receiver one that everyone wants him to be. Um, And I think him and Trey Lance have a friendship where they're going to continue working out together. Um, I think that's something that they're going to continue doing uh, down south with the group that they train with. But do you think Trey Lance or Brock Purdy is the guy to be able to feed guys like Brandon Ayuk the 130 targets, 140 targets that they want a season?
2: I mean, I mean, if I'm honest, this question—that's also why the Tom Brady talk has been there. Because Tom Brady is one of the better quarterbacks. When you talk about throwing the—I uh, mean, regardless of what you think about Tom Brady and his arm strength and what you saw this year, he's still one of the better quarterbacks. In accuracy the ball deep downfield. Tom—he's uh, that guy. But guess who else can throw the ball downfield? Who's like the reason that Trey Lance has the and has uh, people play, but the upside is there because of the trade. Uh, and so it's clear to get the ball to Brandon Ayuk, it would be Trey Lance. And they worked together last offseason and all of that.
1: Yeah, I think it would be. So Rojas cutting out. So when he gets, when his that's gets back on, we'll against, bring him back in. But I think what he's saying uh-oh. is that Brandon Ayuk is a guy who could take the ball deep downfield. You could run him on the deeper routes that some of the receivers on the team might not be able to do. So what it allows for the 49ers um, and Brandon Ayuk to be able to do is you're going to want Trey Lance, a guy with a stronger arm. We've seen what Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk did in in the short period of time. So actually, if you look at it, Brandon Ayuk um, in 2021 last year with – Trey Lance, he was averaging more yards with Trey Lance than with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he was averaging about 65, 70 yards, roughly, um, with uh, Trey Lance. He was on pace. If you put his number up, number, numbers up, he was on pace for like a 1,000-yard season or 1,300-yard season with Trey Lance. Hopefully, we get Rohan back in here uh, real soon. But um, to me, end of the day, whoever the 49ers go with, it might just be a situation where these dudes really want the football. At the end of the day, and a guy like Brandon Ayuk is gonna want the ball deep downfield because it allows you to get those big splash plays, it allows you right. to get that payday, to get your your name as a top five receiver. That's what they're playing for. These guys want the recognition, they're young, they're looking for the payday. And I think at the end of the day, like Rohan was saying, Trey Lance gives you that opportunity to put the hands in it, put the hands in Brandon Ayuk deep downfield. And Brandon really? Ayuk and, and I brought up the stats. That Brandon Ayuk averaged more yards per game with Trey Lance last year than with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he only played two games or three games with uh, Trey Lance. Do you think that is a situation that might be playing in Brandon Ayuk's head, or if he does, if he doesn't have Trey Lance, he might want out. If he has Brock Purdy, he might want out, or if he has Trey Lance, he might want out because of the the growth that he's going to have to go through. What do you think with that?
2: I think it's also like. That, that I think that that plays a part of it, but you also said, what what does Brandon Aiyuk want? What does any receiver in the NFL want? They want the ball. They want to get the ball more. And what does San Francisco have? Well, they've got a plethora of weapons to where every player understands how talented they are, but the statistics may not show it. And remember, what does Brandon Aiyuk have in about, well, two years given his fifth-year option? He's going to have a contract talk with the 49ers, and what do you point to in contract talks? Statistics, accolades, Pro Bowls, uh, what did you do in your three years here? And those are all going to be talking points. And Brandon Ayuk, obviously, in this system with the amount of weapons that there are, might not be able to get the amount of stats that he uh, that he can normally get. Now, he eclipsed a 1,000 yards this year, and I'm sure that it's all playing into his head, which could be a possibility. I'm not going to speculate for Brennan Ayuk. It seems like he's going to stay with the 49ers. I mean, my personal thoughts, the 49ers won't move him. They own his rights, own a fifth-year option for Brennan Ayuk, and he has proven that he can be that wide receiver one for the team. You saw it this year. I think Brandon Ayuk is a 49er for uh 2023. The earliest you even have a potential discussion would be next offseason before the fifth year option, before you have to pay the 12 point whatever million that it it'll end up being uh for Brandon Ayuk himself. So I think that Brandon Ayuk overall, I I think that he's going to be a 49er and the one way to uh I mean the one way that we could see an increase in his production is obviously an increase in deep balls. And where do you get the increase in deep balls? A guy with the, uh, the the deep ball arm strength and accuracy. And Trey Lance, well, he's got the potential for it. Reps are important. You're going to need to go through the growth, and it might be some rough patches early on, which we hoped he'd overcome in year two. Instead, that's going to happen in year three.
1: Yeah, and if you go back to training camp, a lot of the big splash plays that Brandon Ayuk had in training camp or OTAs or anything like that, they came from the arm of Trey Lance. He had a lot of deep, uh, a lot of plays where he caught a deep ball. Um, I remember he caught one over Emmanuel Mosley, caught one deep on Charverius Ward where he burned mm-hmm. Charverius Ward. Yeah, right I watched that, that one. one. Um, so, and a lot of those came from Trey Lance. So, it's like, to me, I think the 49er fan base should be excited that Trey Lance is coming back. You should be also excited that you have a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, who could potentially push Trey Lance to that limit to make to Great. see what he actually is and a guy that you know you could actually win with. So either one of them, I think you could win with both of them. Um, I love both quarterbacks. They're 49ers. At the end of the day, I'm a 49ers fan. Um, and the, the best thing is, is Brock Purdy will be back. That's, we're not yeah. saying he's not going to be back. He's going to be back. It's just a matter of when. Because I know someone just said right now, your title is such a clickbait uh pretty can still get guys the ball once he's healthy we haven't said he can't what we're talking no. about is his, that his injury plays a big factor in the 49ers offseason plans now because a six month six month window you don't know if he's gonna come back fully healthy for training camp because six months puts you right about that july time where you're put looking at training camp you don't know if he's gonna be back do you do the 49ers Trust Trey Lance to be the quarterback one coming into the season because at the end of the day, Brock Purdy could always have a setback on that injury. We don't know what that injury, how it's going to recover. We've seen it with four different three different quarterbacks get injured. So that's what we're talking about in the terms of the title. That this Brock Purdy injury changes a lot of different things, and it does a lot of different things to the 49ers. Now, the key thing, Rohan 49ers lose D'Amico Ryans. To the Houston Texans, what do you think about that? The Houston Texans um, come in, they swoop up a great defensive coach. They are already planning on um, interviewing Bobby Slowick for the offensive coordinator position. Um, hell of a hell of a hire by the Texans, in my opinion. One thing they've, right. Gotten, they've gotten right is hiring Tameko Ryan's. What are your thoughts on losing Tameko Ryan's? How bad is it?
2: Well. The, the loss, I think, has been a little less impacted because we understood D'Amico Ryans was going to take a head coaching job for about the past week. And before that, we've heard D'Amico Ryans himself say, I'm ready for the head coaching job. Kyle Shanahan understanding it. And then when you saw the post game unfortunately, Fred Warner knew, man, it's his last game here. It was an emotional moment. Guys knew that D'Amico Ryans was about to go. And regardless, though, it's a huge loss for the 49ers in that what D'Amico Ryans brought to the team. D'Amico Ryans really filled in a role from Robert Sala, obviously with a talented group, but he excelled. He really excelled in the two years, and he's one of the smartest defensive minds I've ever seen in football. He is really, really talented at his job. And you saw that with the way that he played in the passing game against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is another very innovative scheme over there in Philly. And so D'Amico Ryan, it's a big loss, not only because of what he's able to do talent-wise with his job, but also because of the leader he is and the developer that he is. We've seen an all pro develop uh, uh, behind him, a near all pro develop behind him in Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. We've seen Aziz Alshire, who D'Amico Ryans could take to Houston, which we could talk about in a little bit. It, it, it's certainly uh, a lot of topic. But D'Amico Ryans, I'm like, like this comment says, I'm extremely happy that D'Amico Ryans got what he wanted. He got a six year deal, which is huge because the Houston Texans have fired back to back coaches after one year. He has job security doesn't have to worry about his next paycheck because he's going to have a good amount of guarantees with that six-year deal. And the other thing, D'Amico Ryans, I think it's a perfect hire for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans right now were at a low point because they had fired two straight head coaches. It seemed tough because not many people are going to want to, especially minority coaches, are going to want to coach for a team that fired two straight minority coaches after one year when probably, if we're talking in reality, neither coach should have been fired after the performance they had with the talent that was on that roster in both years. Now, D'Amico Ryan is going to have two first-round picks and is likely going to bring whoever he wants on the roster and on the coaching staff if he can elevate them, but it leads to a lot of conversation in that regard. D'Amico Ryans, though, it's, it's worth it. The loss is huge, but it also... I'm not as worried about it as other people may be because head coach Kyle Shanahan, the one thing he's done very well as a head coach is evaluate for his coaching staff and hire the right people. Talk about Brian Greasy this year. Every, Oh, People questioned about it. A lot of people questioned, man, you're hiring an ESPN analyst, a guy who played, never coached to be your quarterback's coach. Well, look how that went because he elevated Jimmy Garoppolo's game and elevated Brock Purdy's game. Talk about some of the other guys. I mean, D'Amico Ryans himself after the loss of, uh, Robert Sala. Oh, you could have gone, gone out. You could have gone out. You could have gotten one of the more respected defensive coordinators back then. No, he hires his linebackers coach, his linebackers coach, beautiful hire. And so that's why I'm not necessarily worried. I'm also not worried because of the huge amount of talent that is available at the defensive coordinator position. Talk about Vic Fangio, who is ultimately one of the most respected defensive minds in football. You talk about Steve Wilkes, who the 49ers extended an offer to Charles Harris, the passing game coordinator, I believe for Tennessee Titans right now. And then you talk about guys within the organization as well, with the 49ers like in a higher internal. It's... um. Not as bad, I think, of a loss that the 40, uh, that the 49ers lost to Miko Ryan's in that you trust Kyle Shanahan to make the right move. Although, that type of person, that type of leader, it's definitely going to be missed in the locker
1: room. Absolutely, it's a big loss. But before we even get to that, I want to address a couple comments in the, in the chat. So, people are coming at Grant. Uh, please don't go to the Grant Con route. Um, I want to say subscribe to the channel. I think it's, I think, I think it's re- referring the the, the the title. Um, what we don't like to do wow. uh, on Clutch Gene or Rohan's channel. I, I know uh, I'm not going to put words in Rohan's mouth, but we don't we don't drag other people, other content creators down. Um, what we were talking about, nah, the, he, the reason why yeah. it was titled this is a lot of fans on social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, they're talking about firing Kyle Shanahan, and then we, if you go back to around the uh, about the five minute mark, roughly um, of the cha- of the show, you will see that Rohan and I both said. Um, absolutely don't fire Kyle Shanahan. Some people in the chat said trade him. Um, So we are not going that route, but we do not want anyone in the chat to um, name right. drop other content creators and, and bring them down. Um We have no hard feelings on anyone who does content. We love Oh,
2: Oh, I know why. Oh, I saw this comment. Everyone who picked the Niners to lose jinxed us. That's why, because I picked the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Okay. Hey, look, the Good one thing off. I will say, the one thing I will say, is I wanna stay as authentic as possible. That's how I've built my platform. And I've told everybody who uh, has followed my channel, look, I totally respect your guys' opinions. I love the back and forth. I'll engage with fans on Twitter. I just want to remain authentic, and I broke down last week why I thought the 49ers could win, why I thought the Eagles took, uh, could win, why I thought that there was no answer. It was all, uh, nothing was definitive. It was a bunch of questions, and why I ultimately picked why I where I picked. I just uh, want you guys to respect the way that I address my topic. You can wholeheartedly disagree. In fact, I personally said I wanted the 49ers to win that game. I love covering this team, and I would have loved to cover it for another two weeks uh, in the the regular season. I just wanted to outline how I personally believed and what really I saw on film when I spent the hours of film that I watched, which I also said when you go back and watch in this show, how the hours of uh, film that I watched illustrated to what actually happened in the game. So that's all I'm talking about. I, I hope that you guys can respect my opinion because I respect all of yours. I do really um, appreciate the comments that you guys give me and the insight that you guys give me and the support that you guys give me. So um, that that's just where I'm coming from. But, um, yeah, that that's that's my point of view.
1: And, and that's what I wanted to address it just because I don't want anyone to think that and either of us are going a certain route. Um, we love everyone in the Fortnite community. community. Um, we don't like to bring anyone down end of the day if you like a certain content creator you don't like a certain content creator the best thing is you don't have to watch them but we love every single one of you guys we appreciate every single one of you guys for being in the chat and being uh very respectful uh, very i've seen so many uh engagements between each other and you guys have done a phenomenal job i love it um but going to D'Amico ryan's losing domico ryan is a very hard loss but at the same time it's right you you've been able to plan for it for like a year everyone has said you and I said last year that Miko Ryans probably should have been hired last year as a head coach. He gets hired this year. So it's very awesome to see the 49ers are getting a um, situation where they're constantly doing a great job of hiring coaches that are becoming promoted. Robert Sala, uh, McDaniels. You got uh, LaFleur, the uh, younger LaFleur. Um, and maybe even well,
2: Bobby Slowick now, potentially. Bob,
1: maybe Bobby Sloick. So, like, the, the the pattern is there for the 49ers, so it's awesome seeing them hire coaches and then them get promoted to another position. That The Niners are doing a phenomenal job on what they're doing. So, for me, I'm excited to see who they hire. Potential hires are, everyone's saying, is Vic Fangio may come back. And if Vic Fangio comes back, does he change the system? Does he keep the 4 3? Does he go back to the 3 4? I don't know, but I'm very intrigued on in what he does because he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the in the game. Um they he they've requested to interview Chris Harris from the Washington Commanders. I would love to see them um interview the uh Broncos defensive coordinator. Um
2: Hero Averro. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Averro. Um, I would love to see that but I think he might stay with Sean Payton. That'd be a great pairing. Man. I don't
2: think I, I also think the Broncos would decline any lateral move forever. I
1: agree. I agree on that one. Um uh, because he's a hell, of a hell of a defensive coordinator. Um a couple in-house guys I like, I do like uh, Daniel Bullock's uh, end of the day, mm-hmm. the number one guy I want though, man, Vic Fangio. Um every 49er fan loves Vic Fangio. Um one of the guys who when I when I grew up, I, I grew up watching Vic Fangio run the defense. Obviously, me and Rohan are a little bit younger, so we got to watch the implementation of uh, a scheme that Vic plays Fangio's hard, ski. stops the run, gets after the quarterback. In Denver, great defense, right? Like he everywhere he go, he goes uh, in in uh, Chicago, great defense. So he he has a history of a great defense. I'm excited for Vic Fangio if he comes this way he goes to Miami. I think the 49ers end up signing him because they have better a de- uh, better group of defensive players who wouldn't want to coach the 49ers defensively. Um, shout out to everyone in the chat. We'll go through real quick and do a little shout out to people in the chat. Uh, Let's shout do out it. to Sacktown Izzy. Uh, appreciate you for being in the house, man. Uh, freedom of speech will always exist. If you don't like it, then don't watch. It's always true. Uh, shout out to Robert uh, being in the chat. Uh, case forty nine, uh, to eighty five. I saw um the lovely Mariah 49 or faithful Lee in the chat. Uh Callie Young's in the chat. Uh, we got L in the chat. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in today. Um, you guys have been phenomenal. If someone I missed, I know Steve O was in here earlier. I don't know if he's still in here. Uh Joe E was in here earlier. Hey uh, I I, I do want
2: to say I guys. appreciate all y'all that are um with the support. Appreciate all y'all guys. Do really do.
1: So I was trying to just go through a lot of you that are in the chat. We really appreciate every single one of you guys. Defensive coordinator Rohan, who do you – if it's up to you, you got a blank check, you get to sign, you get to uh, hire the defensive coordinator, who do you hire?
2: Oh, I got to go with my number one guy, Vic Fangio, man. Vic Fangio, we've seen the amount of respect that he gets from defensive coordinators. We've seen the Fangio disciples and the Fangio scheme be uh, distributed within the NFL, and we've seen the success that Vic Fangio has had in general. The last stint that he had, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, that team – offensively was garbage that team sucked a team headed by drew Locke and Te- uh, i think teddy bridgewater as well was um the quarterback there in denver uh in that last year that team won seven games they went seven and ten that year Vic Fangio had a phenomenal defense. That's the reason they went 7-10, and 10, and he's a great uh, schematic guy. I, I know a lot of people are worried about the 3-4 four versus 4-3. Four, Fangio has adapted. He has several fronts that uh, involve the 4-3, even fronts that involve the wide 9 in his uh, in, in his defensive scheme. And I think that he's just going to play to the 49ers' strengths. That's uh, the type of level of defensive coordinator that Fangio is. It's just sometimes the personality he's been around involve, obviously, the 3-4. And so I think that that's important. I do think think that Fangio is a guy who the 49ers will covet because Kyle Shanahan has a special relationship with obviously Vic Fangio. We saw uh, him at 49ers training camp and at OTAs last year. We've seen the connection with Fangio. There's a reason that he took a year off. He wanted to get the best job possible. And there's also a reason why he waited instead of finalizing that deal with the Miami Dolphins. He wanted to wait to see if this San Francisco job was open. Fangio is the number one but I've also wanna share love to my number two option, Steve Wilkes, because Wilkes is a phenomenal defensive coordinator.
1: I forgot I know I forgot to mention Wilkes.
2: Yeah, I know Wilkes has had some uh some poor levels of success at some places, like his head coach in, in Arizona. But we saw what Steve Wilkes did in Carolina this year. And Steve Wilkes, the other part similar to D'Amico Ryan's. What is Steve Wilkes? A tremendous leader. And I think that if the 49ers want to go that route, they would be getting a great leader with them, which is something that Kyle Shanahan does like out of that defensive coordinator spot. You talk about Sala, an energetic guy. You talk about D'Amico Ryan, an energetic guy. Steve Wilkes would fit that category, and he'd be a very solid defensive coordinator. But really, I think the 49ers get their their pick of the crop because they are the best defensive coordinator position. They've now produced two straight defensive coordinators to head coaching jobs after just two years or I think three years for Sala. But uh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, after three years for Sala, but two years uh, and three years, they produce head co- uh, head coaching jobs for those guys. It's a best way for people to rebuild. And I think that Wilkes or Fangio would be great if you're talking external. Fangio would be my number one.
1: My number one is Dick Fangio as well. Um, Steve Wilkes, I forgot to mention him earlier. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get the Carolina Panther job with how he coached there. Not much there offensively, um, no quarterback defensively, he made them look very, very good. Um, I was very shocked he didn't get that head coaching job and they ended up going with Frank Reich. But I guess teams are starting to want to go offensively-minded coaches. Hey, that's uh, kudos to us. So now we have an extra guy who's on the market that could potentially be our defensive coordinator. Um, if I'm the 49ers, there's no way i let Vic, uh, Vic Fangio leave. I, I The moment you interview yeah. him is the moment you sign him. I don't yeah. care what it takes. Jed York, I, I'm going to say it. Coaches don't count to the salary cap. Make sure you pay the damn guy. Pay him what he yeah. wants, right? Like at the end of the day, you gotta do what you gotta do to keep your team um defensively stout. I think if they, even if they hire Steve Wilkes, so defensively they'll be great. Um the best thing about the 49ers though, Rohan, is Kyle Shanahan gives his coach, his defensive coordinators, the luxury of doing what they want. Autonomy and exactly. Him. Yeah, and it makes life easier, like. I don't know if you ever had, like, a teacher or a coach or anything, but, like, when they have trust in you, you tend to do better because you're mm-hmm. constantly not worried. Dang, if I mess up, my, my boss is going to be so mad at me. Like, you're you're playing free. Like, and he, and That's the biggest thing with Kyle, with Robert Solomon. People wanted him fired. He said, nope. I trust him. Ends up becoming a great defense coordinator, a great head coach. Oh, no, I, I mean, the way he's done with with uh, New York Justice here. They have a quarterback, they probably make it far in the playoffs because his defense was that good. And then you have just guys like uh Corey Unlin in house that wasn't mentioned. Um, I'm excited to see who they hire. Um, hopefully that happens before Thursday, which our next episode will be Thursday. So make sure you guys are subscribed to both channels, Clutch Gene Sports and Rohan's personal channel. Um, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Rohan, any last comments, last uh, concerns, questions for anyone? Um, it's today. draft
2: season baby Let's go It's draft season That's how I feel
1: If you guys want to know Draft prospects um, I know Rohan usually tweets them out I'm constantly tweeting draft prospects out Especially right now that it's a senior bowl We'll probably talk about the senior bowl Hopefully a little bit on Thursday Um, I, I love draft season I, I do so many deep dives yeah. text About draft season all day every day Um, That's I think to me That's my favorite time of the year Because I get to actually just sit down and watch Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prospects coming out. And to me, that's the best thing because you get to test yourself year in, year out. You get better every year. That, to me, I love the draft season, man. I can't wait.
2: Exactly, guys. Don't do drugs. Watch draft film. That's my that's my slogan, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't do drugs. Watch the draft film. <laughs> hey, I, I love it. We'll go ahead and end it there. That's a great one. You guys heard Rohan. Don't do drugs. Watch draft film instead. Um, go out and watch your favorite draft prospects. Send them to me. At Marco Mart 1205 go ahead and send all your favorite draft prospects to me. I will go ahead and watch them. I'll give you guys a uh, some notes on them, what I think of them, where they might go, what teams they fit, if they fit the 49ers. I know if you do that to Rohan, he'll do the same thing to you guys. He'll, he'll give you guys a good feedback on them. Um, again, thank you guys for always tuning in. You guys are a pleasure to talk to today in the in the chat. You guys are phenomenal today. Um, Rohan, thank you for always being the best co-host I could find, man. Hey, peace
2: out. Fun time. Say goodbye